everybody to be on the shadows i'm author and ghost story and i'm mike ricksecker coming up tonight talking about genetic memory and supernatural dna so how does our genetics how do our ancestors memories how do our past lives residual self-image how do all these different things play into who we are today who we were yesterday, who are going to be tomorrow. So it's a topic that I have talked about before here, actually not on here, it was on the old Inside the Upside Down show a few years ago, uh, but I'm bringing it back here to Beyond the Shadows. Uh, I think it's a uh, it's an interesting topic that I think can be refreshed a little bit here. I don't want to talk about the exact same things uh, that I did previously, although um, I am going to uh, go over some of those things uh, again for those that are not familiar with it. It is an older show. Uh, but there's there's some other ideas that we can also explore. But before I get into that, this episode Beyond the Shadows is brought to you by Haunted Road Roast. It helps you hunt ghosts. So you can get that at hauntedroadmedia.com. That is our very own coffee. You can get the coffee out there. You can get the ghosty out there. You can get all the books out there. Check it out. Haunted Road Roast. All right. So I just... Um, Want to make sure, of course, that the audio is fine. I know there were some issues there at the beginning of Edge of the Rabbit Hole, which was a fantastic episode with Mark Anthony. For those that are coming back later on, viewing this or listening to it on the podcast, uh, please go ahead and make sure to check that out. Really, really interesting. He is the psychic lawyer hoping to get him out for Paracon, and he has to check his schedule. So uh, if you can, that'd be fantastic. So make sure you let him know that uh, that you would like him there, and hopefully he'll make it happen. So, all right, I see a lot of people are filling up in the chat down there. Always appreciated. So let's get on with the show, Genetic Memory. So this is the idea that um, now as we go through life and different things happen to us and we experience um, all kinds of different things, um, that it leaves a genetic marker within us and you know we end up having a propensity whether i mean it could be you know something traumatic and you know fear related it could be it doesn't have to be you know it could be something uh that's very good and nice and we become happy about um it could be uh i mean it could be certain foods that we relate to or certain locations that we enjoy going to or, or something like that and it leaves these, you know, markers within us as we continue to develop and grow. And so there's an idea that as we learn these different behaviors throughout our life, that it's, you know, possible these things can be actually passed down from one generation to another. So it's kind of that idea um, that, you know, like for me, I've been told before that I have a lot of, you know, mannerisms and some of my personality traits and things like that are very reminiscent of my grandfather. And, you know, I, I knew my grandfather well enough, I suppose. And um, although I would have liked to spend more time with him when I got a little bit older, but, uh, you know, after I graduated high school, it's kind of like off into the world. Um, but from everything that everybody's told me, there are certain things that I always remind them that, that I do that remind them of him. Uh, which I always take as, as a very nice compliment. So there was, and I referenced it the last time I did this show, uh, or this particular topic, that there was this study done on worms, and you know, take it for what you will, I get it, it's worms, but what they did to test this type of theory as far as a, as a behavior being passed down 
um, from generation to generation was they uh, they injected this type of worm. I forget the specific type. It doesn't live very long. Uh, but this specific type of worm with this uh, this luminescence. And when it was subjected to the heat, it would glow bright. And when it was put in the cold, it would glow uh, dim. But as it was going back and forth, it continued. It, it remembered being in the warm environment. It would glow brighter in the cold when it was brought back there and so it, it had some sort of memory of hey I remember being in the warm environment I want to be there it would glow uh, it would glow brighter so as it generated more of the offspring it would retain these learned behaviors these learned traits and they did this up to like 14 generations and so the idea was that you know, there was something that was passed down that um, that when it was in these environments to be able to glow a certain way. And I know it, it seems a little, you know, absurd or ridiculous, but um, in, in not saying that people are worms, but I guess there's enough genetic similarities that, you know, they, are con they have considered this. But it seems to make some sense when we, um, you know, when we think of how we how we act as humans, um, you know, just even from like a locale to locale to locale. Um, Mark Anthony mentioned it in our previous show about uh, American productivity, that Americans, when put in a, you know, a stressful situation, that we will suddenly churn out a bunch of a certain type of product or we will use our resources to, you know, you know to help us survive. We, we talked about... Um, you know, this, this COVID environment and, you know, the the whiskey manufacturers making hand sanitizer and, and things like this, you know, like GM making the ventilators, you know, things that they wouldn't normally do, but they're doing now and they're, you know, producing on a mass scale, taking it back to World War II or, you know, different uh, manufacturing plants were retrofitted to make other things. And so they would, you know, churn out all these parts and, you know, the American productivity was boom, boom, boom that we still have that today, even though it was generations ago uh, that World War II happened, and now we're still kind of doing the same thing now. Take a look at, you know, some other cultures. We always talk about, like, German engineering. And so that's something that's kind of passed down through, you know, their society, these different uh, behaviors, genetics, perhaps, that are passed on and on and on. So it's, it's an interesting idea that perhaps things that my grandfather picked up along the way, maybe his father and his father and his father became passed down to us through all the years. So people end up asking the question, okay, is there, is there a way that we can actually, you know, have our, our grandparents' memories? Are we able to experience something the way they experience? And there could possibly be a way for that. So some people, you know, will talk about having like these deja vu moments at a location that they'd never been to, um, you know, but perhaps, perhaps their parents had, or perhaps their grandparents had, and they, re they go there and to them, it's almost like a return. 
like, oh, it seems like I've been here before. There's something familiar about it. So is that something, perhaps that little genetic marker of that memory that was um, instilled in that ancestor that has now been passed down? So people talk about, um, you know, having this longing to go back to a place where their ancestors came from. And not just from a, um, like a curiosity, you know, like I have family that goes back to Germany, to Switzerland, to Scotland. I would love to visit those places, of course, from a from a historic standpoint of my family's genealogy. But there's also some of those locations a desire to go back. Just there, there's something familiar about it. It's almost like home, right? And so this is kind of that idea, these little markers that are left. Now, of course, not everything is passed down. You know, we get bits from, you know, you get bits from your your mother and your father, or they got bits from their mother and their father. So it's not every little thing, it's certain things. It's an interesting concept that these things like this can be, I mean, we talk about, okay, like psychics. Like sometimes that's something that's in the family, something hereditary. Of course, we talk about that with diseases, but this happens quite often, of course, with with women, where um, you know a, uh, a a young adolescent girl has these gifts. Well, her mother had it, and her grandmother had it, and her aunt had it. Maybe it j- skips a couple generations. It's that genetic marker didn't turn on in one, but it turned on in her. So it's these you know predispositions that are passed down. So it's interesting. Um, Leslie Fear says, Mike Tolley, I know I've lived in England in a past life without a doubt. We're definitely going to get to past lives. Because um, it also, that also plays into this. You know, how much of it, and, and this is where this conversation goes, how much of this is genetic and how much of it is a past life? So, well, you may have a genetic predisposition to something because it, came down from an ancestor, how much of it has come to you because it was a past life, someplace that you had been as another person entirely. So let's say, okay, Leslie, you have a, uh, you know, you've had a past life in England, and so you have that desire to go there. And so certain things have carried over with you, maybe not just from the longing to go to England, but things that that person in that life had done. You know, things that you learned there during that lifetime that have come into this one. So, of course, there's always the idea as we're being, as we are reincarnated, being reincarnated, that we're here to learn another lesson and we live our life, we learn whatever we're supposed to learn, go to, I guess, the home, and come back here later to learn another lesson. So how much of what we learned that last time that we were through stays with us? What parts of our behaviors, our mannerisms, our likes and dislikes stuck with us and are carried over into this lifetime? How much of the writing that I do now and my desire to create is because 
I was an artistic person before, or I was a writer before, or something like that. Um, you know, if, you know, I also have a, um, this, this is interesting. So I also have a propensity for, for numbers. Um, I played, I played baseball as a kid because I loved baseball. So how much of that comes down, um, from past life or genetics. And I also had a, you know, propensity for, for numbers. I love baseball statistics. Um, there was a, uh, it's funny, I, you know, reconnected with a elementary school friend of mine you know, some years ago, and he made the comment like, man, the thing, my most vivid memory of you is we were in third grade and you were on the bus telling me uh, uh, how to calculate baseball slugging percentage. You know? <laughs> and that was a you know, real conversation that we had on the bus in third grade. You know, so, so my grandfather on my father's side was an accountant. Statistics, numbers, that sort of thing. Um, he played, he played baseball and football when he was in school. My grandfather on my mother's side, actually, um, he would have played, as the story goes, he would have played for the Cleveland Indians. He was too young, not of age yet, when they wanted to sign him, his father was going to have to sign off on it. His father refused to sign off on it. And then a little thing called World War II happened, and he got swept up into World War II. And by the time World War II was over, he had a family, and so there went the baseball dreams. So those could be genetics. Or um, I've also had somebody tell me before, and I trust her, that one of my past lives was as an accountant, you know, um, so <laughs> what part of it was from my grandfather? What part of it was from this past life? I don't know, but there are these different things that we, you know, can be picking up and bringing with us from these other lives. So, um, Robert Hanna, you think that, uh, longing for the search of things that are unknown and unexplained could come from a past life as well. Uh, certainly, certainly. Um, you know, I, th I think there's really an innate human trait in most of us. It's kind of like one of the things that makes us human is our curiosity. It's how we ended up, you know, learning and discovering things about this world is we kept wanting to, to know why. You know, why did this happen? Why does this work? Why does this do this? Why does this do that? You know, our desire to explore and, and keep you know, going from one land to another to, I mean, it's just, it's not just nomadic. We had a desire to explore new areas and new lands. You know, we talk about, you know, the, all the famous explorers and now, you know, we're trying to explore space and things like that. That's why we keep, you know, uh, looking for other planets. It's, there is a part of that that is, <laughs> we need, to, we need to find another planet because we're going to outgrow this one eventually. Uh, but we are curious about the universe. And so that's one of the things that makes us human. And so I think that's almost like um, a part of all of us is that desire to to learn and explore and know more uh, about who we are. Um, and, I, and I think that's, that's why all of us are here, whether it's on the live YouTube broadcast or whether it's on the, the Spotify podcast. Uh, podcast later I, I think we're, we're all kind of tuning into this because there are things that that we want to learn and we want to know um you know and it's it, it's not just it's not just from me I kind of um I, I kind of present these things that that I've learned 
And there are things that you guys throw down there that that I also learn from. And so we're, we're sharing in this knowledge uh, that is out there for you know for all of us to have if if we want it to so um so rick gabbard i feel like my past life was back in the 1930s also why do i feel more comfortable when it comes to that time period than any other self yeah it's kind of um and then b3 airspace i can't read or speak egyptian and was speaking to the guide in his language uh was strange yeah it's kind of interesting how these things stick with us so like 1930s it, it's it's interesting how um, certain eras resonate with us uh, much more closely. So like 1930s, you know, maybe there was something significant that happened to you in a past life during that time frame that makes that, uh, that period of time so very, very familiar. And, you know, anytime that you, you know, watch a movie from that era or you go into a building from that era that it's just intimately familiar with you you know it just absolutely resonates with you you know there's something about it that there could be a genetic marker in there from one of your ancestors that's really strong from that era you know possibly i think a lot of those however are past lives the egyptian thing yeah where in the world would that come from you know uh, if you've never learned to to speak it or anything like that you know why would you suddenly have that familiarity with it you know, it very well could be coming from uh, from a past life. So, in speaking of past lives, something that's really uh, interesting to to me, um, of course, are these different people that you know actually fully remember. You, you hear about the stories of children who remembered you know past lives. You know, and there's some very interesting tales about how they will um, they will actually you know remember a life that they couldn't possibly have ever done you know they'll have people's names street addresses um you know descriptions of houses and other people you know things that they could have never known as such a young child and yet there they are picking it out um you even hear stories of you know past lives of well and we're going to get into this uh with with another topic as well but you know crimes have been solved because somebody remembered a you know, specific moment from a past life and they could actually see it and remember it and were able to provide information. Another place that this that comes in are actually genetic memories. Actually, they call it cellular memory um, within uh, transplanted body parts. So you hear some of these stories about somebody has a transplant, they get a new organ, uh, you know, of some sort, you know, liver transplant or, or heart transplant or whatever. And they suddenly like start craving different foods. And it had been a food that the donor had, uh, had craved, or they can suddenly, you know, perform something better like art and, you know, where before they couldn't draw worth a lick you know, even though they may have tried and they weren't very good, they have the transplant and they go to draw and all of a sudden they are just like, you know, magically gifted. You know, there's something that comes over uh, from that uh, from that organ, from that transplant. It's some sort of, you know, genetic marker or, gen- or genetic code that came from the other person into them now. And this has also been seen with 
um, you know, somebody who was a victim of a crime, they ended up dying in the hospital. Their body parts, you know, were given out as transplants. And somebody with that transplant was actually able to remember or have a memory of the person who committed the crime. Really, really fascinating stuff as to how these different things can actually occur and happen. So um, what else do we have here? We're getting some questions in. Um, Alina, I also wonder, am I interested in why we are drawn and relate to certain people in life way more than others? It's interesting. Yeah, there are people that... um, that seem very familiar, like we've known them before, um, that they may have been somebody significant in a past life. People talk soulmates, um, possible. Um, I do believe in like the soul family, that um, that there are a group of people that we kind of uh, stick with, you know, throughout, you know, our lengthy, long, you know, multiple existences down here that, um, you know, that there are, are people that we kind of, it's almost like we, we continue to play this game with them. You know, they are, they are people that we enjoy being around so that when we come back down here, then, you know, we have people that, you know, we are f- familiar with to do all this stuff with again, rather than being amongst strangers um, it kind of almost makes you wonder about, you know, those that almost end up being like the black sheep of the family or they, you know, they don't relate at all to uh, the rest of the family that maybe there was something there that, well, I want to try a completely new group of people just to see how it goes in like, <laughs> they're like completely like, oh, yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't relate to these people at all. Okay. I won't do that next time. I'll, I'll stick with my normal group. <laughs> it makes you kind of wonder. Um, but yeah, yeah, there are definitely people that, that we come across, that we come in contact with, that we totally resonate with, that it seems like you know we've known forever or known before, or yeah, you just have a real familiarity with them, the people that you just like instantly click with. Um, yeah, and it could it could just be a personality thing. Um, it, it could be you know similarities that you have, whatever. Um, I'm sure there's plenty of that, but there there are others that it's like you've kind of known before, you know. Um, and I think a lot of families, you know, kind of stick together, you know. Um, you know, like my parents, my grandparents, all that, you know, aunts and uncles. I, I think there's a lot of us that have kind of, you know, almost agreed that, hey, we're going to, we're going to do this again and again and again together. Um, we do it well or whatever, which makes you kind of wonder um, sometimes. And I've thrown this out in other discussions before. You know, are we sometimes our own ancestors? When we go through the whole reincarnation thing, you know, are there times that, you know, I'm not saying it happens every time around, but were we, were we playing within this family you know, three generations ago, four generations ago, you know, were we that group of people then? And there were others that kind of filled in in the middle. And then here we all are again over here. 
it makes you kind of wonder because there are um it, it seems sometimes that there are people within families that are just so very similar maybe it's still a genetic thing that those genes are passed down but there are some people within those families you look back 100 years you know 150 years that yeah times were different but the personalities of those people kind of like lined up and jived <laughs> with these others with with us you know um, so it, it's possible. Uh, Tom McNicholas, when I met you, Mike, the first time, it was like I already knew. Yeah, I mean, I I would sit there and say that Tom McNicholas is part of my soul family. It's like you know, um, you know, we were we were brothers another lifetime ago or something like that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we we've definitely hung out a lot in the past uh, within with other lifetimes for sure. So be three airspace like that. I like the Harry Potter method of pulling memories with a wand. I know it's fantasy, but cool. Yeah, to be able to view memories like that would actually be really cool. Um, and so, grand old folks, Betty Lange, we are a soul family here. Uh, so many here, we are so the same. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, another idea that I wanted to throw out there, which was um, a little bit different. Actually, let me let me throw this out there. Uh, real quick, so we talk about friends, family, genetics, all that before I get into this other topic. Um, learn behaviors. So, I've, I've already talked about these genetic mar- these genetic markers that are encoded with us that we develop, we pass down to our offspring, and that you know genetic markers in me, you know, are from my parents, grandparents, and and so forth back. But not everything that I do or say, of course, is from them. You know, uh, there are things that I've learned along the way through my own life that become a part of me because of my experiences. And so I did mention this the last time we did this show. I actually watched that uh, that show here recently, just kind of refresh and, and, and get prepared for this one. And I made note that there are a lot of like little little things, little behaviors and mannerisms that I picked up from hanging out with my best friend Ron uh, in high school for for those several years in there. So what's interesting to think about is those little mannerisms, those little learned behaviors creating a genetic marker within me and then that getting passed on to my kids. So my kids possibly because it it doesn't happen uh you know for every single one but a couple of my kids could possibly have some of those learned behaviors and mannerisms of my best friend because i picked up on it i started doing it it became something within me so that when i reproduced it became something in a couple of them and if these are things that we're able to retain, maybe they don't necessarily play out in us, but are passed on from, gen- like I was talking, skipping generations before, uh, th- that possibility. So maybe it comes up in one of my grandkids that maybe I'm watching one of my cr- grandkids one day and I'm like, hey, my buddy Ron used to do that. It's kind of it's kind of interesting to think about. And as you go back, uh, through time are some of the different things that we are doing now. Can you look at us now as almost like a window into the past and see some of the different things that 
the ancient Romans, Greeks, Egyptians, some of the different things that they would say and do, are we actually playing out some of those now and just don't even realize it that we are? Maybe that's why B3 Airspace, you're picking up on some of the Egyptian stuff because it's still in us. We still, somewhere within us, have those old memories, whether it is a genetic thing or from a past life, possibly. um, Those different things are still within us. I've talked before, I'm not really going to go down this route, but I've talked before about, you know, if water had memory. Because it's something that is recycled again and again and again throughout our world. It's the water. You know, the the water that we have now, I, I go to pour it out of the tap, is the same water that was on this earth millions of years ago. So is the rain that fell on Cleopatra what I'm drinking out of the bottle right now. It's interesting to think about, and if it is, if it like retained a memory somewhere of these ancient civilizations, if we could pull that out of there, it would be like amazing the stories it could tell, right? <laughs> um, all right, so that was that idea. I do want to talk a little bit about, this one is a little bit different um, than what I did last time. So residual self image so the term is from the matrix (laughs) and in some of the shows recently some of the topics we've been talking about uh, we are going back to uh, here we go connected universe this is what all this has to do about connected universe and so for those listening to the podcast basically i i threw up the screen of the web of uh galaxies in the energy across the universe that binds all these things together. Connected universe. That's what all of this has to do about and what I keep tying it back to. So I think we're already showing the connection of genetics from family member to family member to family member. Past lives as we go from one life to another life to another life. Now we're taking some of these different traits and learned behaviors. What we are now is a combination of all these different things. Our ancestors plus the past lives that we lived before in this one body right now. There's also the idea of the simulated universe. And so who we are right now, if you... I'm not saying that we are in the Matrix as in the movie The Matrix. Similar concept but I don't think it's a computer simulation it is some sort of simulation I think it's more organic biological molecular that sort of thing Um, not really electrical or a computer but in the sense that you know we're we always talk about we are down here and when we pass on and go up there we all kind of inherently understand that there is some other place that we go to. Sure, there are some people that believe we just come worm food and that's it, it's done. Most people believe we go on somewhere else to our quote-unquote home. You know, we're going home after this. So there's somewhere we go. What is that? And if that is home, what is this? This is the simulation. So our bodies, who we are right now, is our residual self-image. That is, well, certainly it would be a combination of the past lives, right? It would be, well, we're in an organic body, 
So then we have those genetics that are passed to us. But then there's also whatever it is that we are up there, right? If, if we're light beings or whatever it is that we are, that uh, innate sense of there's something else beyond. We were talking earlier about that drive to explore and learn, our curiosity. There's also that idea in us that there is something more to this. That's why we're all here. We know there's something more. We want to learn more. We want to, we want to explore that sort of thing. So we understand that there's something beyond, there's something more, there's something else out there, there's some, somewhere that we come from. So all that is a part of us as well. And us here, as we are now, there's an idea that as we go from life to life to life, we look very similar. That if I was to look at a past life from 100 years ago, even if it was female, um, that would still have very similar physical characteristics. There's also ideas of when we come back, that it may not even be here on Earth, that it may be on another planet somewhere. So we would be some sort of alien being. But even that in its alien self would have some, still have some similar physical characteristics, even if, you know, the meat sack is different, that there are some things that would still actually be similar however we would fit into that particular being. It's kind of interesting to think about. And of course, there are the different ideas of, of greys and other humanoid beings out there that may have similar qualities to us. Or, you know, if we're coming from the aliens that, you know, we've over time, you know, evolved into this form when it was something else before or what have you. So there's all of those different kinds of, of concepts. But if, you know, when we come back, being in a new form would still have some of those similar characteristics. So very interesting to uh, to think about. Um, B3 airspace, still like the burrito theory. Time unfolds over itself and touches and you all fill up the burrito with memories or what you want. Yeah, kind of like that. Um, and yeah, General 7, haven't had Mexican food for ages. I know we're deprived with not being able to go to the different restaurants and everything, right? <laughs> Um, all right, Robert Hanna, do you believe it's possible as well? Past life memories could be from parallel universes as well. So, <clears throat> parallel universes. I, I'm fine with parallel universes. The, the thing that I don't get into is the multiverse idea. Um, I, I do believe that there are probably some parallel universes I believe it more on a limited scale because the whole multiverse thing where uh, in action that you take spins off another universe, there's, there's just too many decisions that we and actions that we make throughout the day that we would all, billions of us, be creating in, in, to combine an infinite number of uh, parallel universes every day. So I think on a, on a limited basis, uh, perhaps, or... <clears throat> This is where things can get a little tricky, too. Um, if you take my stacked time theory, which is similar to Einstein's uh, space-time theories and his space-time continuum, um, everything happening together at the same time, past, present, future, one could think that that throws a monkey wrench into all of this type of stuff. 
um, as far as like reincarnation and, and things like that. Um, and I, I think that's because as, as a human, we're still trying to kind of wrap our heads around all that. If everything is happening concurrently all at the same time, doesn't that kind of take free will out of it? And I don't think so. Um, you know, so <clears throat> it also throws a monkey wrench into if if I had a past life, how do past lives play into it? Well, it, it's it's really trying to wrap your head around it. Um, I believe there probably are times that we could interact with and talk to a past self which is kind of how parallel universes could come into play here i don't think it's exactly as as we think it to be you know we we think in very like concrete linear terms and i think it's a lot more vague than that um we've talked before about you know us seeing a an apparition and the apparition seeing us as if we are the ghost that sort of thing well what if that ghost, that apparition is actually one of your past lives. You would actually be talking to yourself at that time. How are you talking to yourself at the same time? Without there being some sort of parallel universe or some sort of parallel time continuum. Um, you know, How are you in two places at once sort of idea? It's a paradox, right? <laughs> it is. Um, but I think the universe works more in paradoxes than this, you know, than this linear uh, method that we have kind of boxed ourselves into. So I don't know how well that explained any of that because um, it is a little it is a little unusual to try to think about. Um, Victoria, Mike, what about? Um, Masaru emote and water reacting to different emotions. Okay. Um, yeah, that's, that's interesting. I'm not sure. I'm trying to think how that plays in here. Um, I mean, we see that in a lot of different, um, in a lot of different realms of how, I mean, this is kind of more of like how the universe works sort of thing. So yeah, water uh, reacting to emotion, or we've seen like the the water and sand reacting to sound. I think that all has to do with vibration that we put out into the universe. So when you put um, you know positive uh, vibrations out there, then the water or sand or whatever is going to react a certain way. You throw um, you know you throw love out there, it's going to look one way. You throw anger out there, it's going to look another. Um, it's like uh, when you have the water, sand, electricity, and you turn it to these different frequencies, these different hertzes, then the patterns change. There's actually uh, some theories out there, and Freddie Silva, who we have coming on in a couple of weeks, has done some work on this, where um, the electromagnetism in the ground, that like real crop circles are actually generated by this electromagnetism under the ground, not aliens from above, and not you know, the, the fake ones that guys create, but actually uh, the Earth's energy manifesting on the surface and creating these different patterns. So I, I think the the water there is kind of working the same as the, the sand and then, you know, the crops. And a lot of that stuff, I mean, you're... 
it's invisible to our eyes, those different waves, but they're all around us. And the world is going to react to those waves, whether we see them or not, they're there. The world is going to be altered somehow if, you know, if it's, I guess, if there's enough energy uh, put into that. So, uh, all right. Grandal folks, Betty Lange, question. Do you think some of our mental illnesses may be because we are not fulfilling a past life? Um, I mean, I don't want to compartmentalize uh, anybody. I mean, are, are people, you know, are people maybe getting depressed because they aren't achieving something here on earth that they meant to do? Possibly, but I don't, I don't. It wouldn't be on a conscious level. That would be on like some uh, some sort of subconscious level that they wouldn't really even be realizing. You know that there was some, you know, life's potential or some dream that they had to come down here and do when they're not reaching it. I mean, that could also be just in their physical life as well, uh, obviously. Uh, but as far as like a past, I wouldn't even be a past life. It would be um, coming down here. You're supposed to be learning something. And it, it could even be that they thought they were coming down here to learn a particular lesson and didn't understand that there was a different lesson that they actually had to learn. And maybe their, you know, their, their subconscious isn't quite figuring that out, or maybe it's having some sort of conflict. And it's, it's possible. And there's, there's a lot of different, you know, thoughts and theories you could go down with that route. So, uh, Leslie fear, Mike, I think a piece of, of us is on the other side and a piece of us is here maybe we're even more scattered out so there are ideas about that sort of thing i mean of course there's always the idea that you know we're jacked in <laughs> that you know we're a body up there and you know we got the plug in the back of our heads and this is you know like the movie we have a problem um as a human society uh thinking outside of more than about 40 years from now like, you know, we, we think, um, like right now we think that if it's a, if it's a simulated universe, then it has to be a computer. Well, what did we think before computers were invented? It was, you know, we thought it was, we thought it was something. We didn't think it was a computer and computers came around. We're like, oh yeah, it's gotta be a computer. Well, what happens when computers are outdated? It's going to be the next thing. Um, so I'm not sure what it is that the mechanism that brings us here. Is it is it that I mean, is it that we're there and then we're being projected here? It's kind of like holographic universe type stuff, um, which is a little bit about you know a little bit of what the Matrix is uh, theorized on. And then there's also the idea that we're not just in one place uh, from that projection down here. That there's multiple locations possibly even multiple universes that we could go to. So some of the stuff I've read and listened to and watched and all that talks about, and you got to take it with a grain of salt because you're talking about somebody who's talk, who is, who's saying that, yeah, um, in between worlds when I've been done with this life and I've gone up there. So basically they're remembering not a past life, but being in like the quote unquote home world, the in between or whatever the heck you want to call it. Um, they're remembering that and where we're all supposed to be from in that 
when you go there, you're seeing loved ones, you're seeing friends, you're all kind of hanging out together. And some people are not fully there. They're a little bit more checked out. Um, and the theory with that is it's because they're not wholly there. They have parts of them off in other worlds, uh, possibly even other universes, like almost parallel universes uh, type of a thing, that their, their soul has been split. Kind of think of like Harry Potter with the Horcrux and you know splitting the soul into multiple parts. And as, um, as the soul is split more and more, um, th the separate parts get a little bit weaker till basically you, cor you corrupt the whole. Um, that kind of idea, idea, that kind of theory that the person is not as strong. I, I, don't, I don't know how much I adhere to that or believe it or whatever. It's an interesting theory. Um, but you're talking about somebody who's saying that they are remembering the home world as it's supposed to be. And I've heard a lot of different stories about, you know, the way that the home world is supposed to be and, and where we're actually from. So you, you take it with a grain of salt. It's an interesting theory. Um, Rosella Ciro, do you believe in predestination like you were predestined for something? Um... Well, I believe in free will, um, so I, I have a hard time with the predestination thing because then, because it it takes free will out of the equation, and without without free will, you can't love. You know, uh, if it's all predestined, then it, then it's robotic and. This is uh, this is going this is going off um, on a different tangent than I intended, but um, Ocean State Paracon last year, um, there was the uh, the demonology panel. James and Nito and the Johnson brothers were up there, and I think a couple of others. And so it was kind of brought up about, you know, why their demons are running amok and why bad things happen and that sort of thing. And I watched the guys give their answers, and they were decent answers. And I talked to them afterward, and James really liked this. And it was, it was about evil. Why does evil exist? That sort of thing. And evil exists. It sounds weird and twisted. But evil exists because love exists. Um, with, without, with, without evil, there can't be love. And it sounds crazy, but it has to do with free will. You have, to, you have to make a decision to love. If it's robotic and you are basically, you have to, love, you have to quote unquote love this and you have to quote unquote love that, it's not love, you know, um, Love is when you make that choice to, you know, to love somebody or, you know, you know, to love something or whatever, you know, whoever it is. Okay. You, you, you can't have love without free will. Um, and so with free will, of course, there are many evil things that end up happening in this world, unfortunately. So as far as predestination coming back around here. Um, 
not in a whole sense of predestination because I, if, if, if everything's predestined, then love isn't real and love doesn't exist. And I can't believe that love doesn't exist. But that said, I think people are predisposed to certain things. Like I have a predisposition to, to write and be creative. Um, I don't think I'm predestined to become one thing or the other. I think that I think that my ceiling is very high that I can that sky's the limit for me as far as where I can take my writing. Um, so I think there's something innate within me that is highly creative, enjoys writing, loves writing, is has been with me as part of who I am, whether from a past life. Um, I mean, I have, I've creative people as far as ancestry. Like my, my father and I talk about this a little bit. He and I are both very creative people, but in different ways. So mine is with writing. His is with like machinery, woodworking, that sort of thing. Very mechanical. Um, like he makes all of his own furniture and everything. Yeah, he could, I mean, he's literally built his own house, uh, before. So, you know, it's just that type of stuff. You know, he's, uh, I mentioned on when we had Mark Anthony on last show that he was a tool and die maker by trade. So basically he built the machines that made the parts, you know? Um, so that's his thing, but it's very creative. You know, he does CAD design and all that stuff. Um, but he's not a writer, not at all. Um, but that's my thing. I'm highly creative when it comes to writing. So yeah, I'm predisposed to that, but am I predestined to become, um, you know, a certain somebody or whatever? Not necessarily. I think it's possible for me to get there because of my predisposition and it will take my, my free will and well, the free will of everybody around me as to whether I get there or not. Um, and it's, I think it's kind of like whose free will is going to trump the others, you know, who's going to win out, you know, when it comes to that sort of thing. So <clears throat> I hope that explained the answer and I hope I didn't get, uh, I hope I didn't get too, <laughs> too off the deep end when I got into the love and evil thing. So, uh, all right. So other other questions and comments. Rick Gabbert, uh, does putting a glass of water on a nightstand next to you while sleeping help pull out different energies and into that glass? That's interesting because they have, um, okay, there have been some tests done with with that when it comes to water. Um, of transference of not just energy, but DNA. Um, they've been able to get DNA to transfer from one glass to another like that under the right conditions. So I don't think it's just, you know, putting it on your nightstand and it's going to magically happen. Um, I, I'd have to look it up. There are some specific conditions in which they've been able to make that happen from one glass of water to another to actually make uh, DNA transfer from one to another. It's really interesting. So um, where our science is, is going and in learning how the universe works um, is just absolutely fascinating. So I'd have to look up that specific test, but it's been done. Yeah. I mean, you just, you know, have, have one glass that's, I guess, sterile for lack of a better term and one glass that actually has the DNA. And I think there was some sort of electrical charge or whatever it was between one and the other, and they were actually able to transfer it. Um, 
I just, I can't remember exactly what that test was, but it's interesting. It's a good question. Yeah. Um, so, all right. The Haglin, uh, I like that comment. Creativity is in the DNA. How you express it is the free will part. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. So my father's free will uh, was, you know, all the machinery, carpentry, all that stuff. And mine was the writing. That's that's how it came out. Um, I used to do some drawing when I was younger. I just didn't follow up on it. So I, I probably I ca- probably could have been a little bit of a uh, actual illustrator or artist of that sort of thing I just didn't practice enough um with some people's music you know um I can play a little bit of guitar I just didn't practice enough um I had a band when I was in high school that sort of thing um so it it comes out in different ways uh with all of us so uh general all seven passed through uh one to the other with a laser so okay (laughs) <laughs> how many times are you going to try to type laser that's funny <laughs> Tom McNicholas you should draw something I'd have to practice up I'd have to really practice up uh, for, for me to get back into that and I just haven't had time um, so alright so we're getting down towards the end Is did I cover everything um, So deja vu, I kind of touched on that a little bit where, um, and, and well, with Leslie Fierce's question about England and stuff like that, we do have like some deja vu moments. Um, and, and it could go either way with the genetic memories, the cellular memories, the past lives, where there's something very familiar that has, um, that occurs, that resonates with, I mean, any one of those. I, I think this is, we as humans always try to really compartmentalize well it's this one thing or it's this other thing or it's this other i think it's all combined i I think we are okay simplistic to say we're some of the whole but you know we are we are spiritual beings inside a physical body so these different things are interacting with each other and bringing out memories familiarities, whatever you want to call them, um, on different levels from different parts of us. So it could be, and I guess maybe that's the trick, is trying to figure out where it actually comes from. Is it that I'm having this deja vu moment or this moment of familiarity because my grandfather did or my grandmother did? Or is it because I had a past life in this location? And I think that's kind of, that's kind of the trick where we're at now is I think we're, we are recognizing that these are parts of us and trying to figure out which specific part is now the mystery. And I think that makes it really interesting because if it's either one, you know, if, if, um, if I go to this historic location and all of a sudden I'm like, oh man, I've been here before. You know, if it was someplace that my, you know, great-grandmother was at, that would be pretty cool. I would want to know more about her life, why she was there, what she was doing, who she was with, all of that stuff. Extremely interesting. Or if it was a past life, kind of same thing, right? You know, what was the past life? Uh, What was I doing there in this past life? What were the circumstances? You know, all of that stuff. It's, um, either way, it's it's very mysterious and interesting. And um, 
you know, so whichever, whichever path it, it takes you down is just, it's very intriguing. And I think that's, I think that's where we're at right now is trying to figure out which path it is we need to take. And we're just, we're not sure because it's all a part of us. It's all dun, 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 the connected universe. <laughs> All right, I'll take uh, any last-minute questions here. Just toss them to uh, Quarantine Ghost, and uh, we'll get those in because we are getting down toward the end of the show. I'm kind of quick. Um, it doesn't feel like I monologued that long, but I guess I did. <laughs> um, yeah, Alina, so many things I'd like to understand, and I don't know if we're going to understand them all in one lifetime. And... That could be why we keep coming back is because we need all these different lights, lifetimes to learn and continue to understand and continue to understand. Makes you wonder, uh, makes you wonder where, you know, we're going to evolve as a, not only as a species, but as a spiritual being as well, you know, hundreds if not thousands of years down the road. Um, or are we all just going in circles? You know, there's always that idea um, as far as, as far as the spiritual side, even, even, well, even on the technological side a little bit, um, because it seems like we keep coming back around, right? A lot of the different things that we are learning and touching on are things that the ancients knew thousands of years ago, and we're just coming back to now because we forgot about it for a while. So are we just constantly relearning the same thing? Um, I'd, I'd like to think that along the way we are picking up new things. Yes, there's there's plenty of things that our species forgot and we're we are having to relearn but i'd like to think that we're adding that to things that we did retain um betty lang do you feel a mentor can teach you about your past lives well um i mean you can get a, you know have past life regressions done um and, and things like that so yeah there are ways to be able and you know through hypnosis to be able to learn what your past lives were um you might be interested in, I've talked about her before, the work of Dolores Cannon, because uh, she published a lot of her past life regressions and had some very interesting theories as to uh, as to what they actually were and what was going on there. And we're not talking just about past lives here on Earth. We're talking about people having visions of the home world that we were talking about, having you know, past life regressions and coming up with uh, memories from other planets uh, in, in being an alien species, it's, it's, it's interesting stuff, but there are others, Dolores Cannon has passed away, but there are others that have done that work as well, and I know some, um, I know some very reputable people that have done past life regressions, we have Rebecca Smuck on here, it was about this time last year, and she did an episode on, uh, on Edge of the Rabbit Hole on past life regressions, and so, um, she was starting to work with me, um, last fall and it just it got noisy outside and it kind of blew the hypnosis so um looking to do some more of the work with that and there's some more thunderstorms coming back around <laughs> uh robert hannah says i'm buying an edge of the rabbit hole inside the uh beyond the shadows t-shirt next month i appreciate that robert so um for those I guess for those watching and those listening to the podcast later, yeah, you can go to um, com. You can access our Spreadshirt shop there, so which is actually uh, shop.spreadshirt.com slash media, and you can find all of our uh, T-shirts there, of course. Uh, but yeah, you can go to the merch section on the website. Um, Tom McNicholas that uh, thought, if we get all of our past family and friends 
uh, or just a thought, if we get all of our past family and friends, we can get them to register at Haunted Road Media. Yeah, yeah, get them all together. Have them, because we have the uh, the thing right now, Haunted Road Media hit 18,000, we'll do that giveaway. This Edge of the Rabbit Hole channel needs to get to 500, and we'll do another giveaway for that. Get some free merch. Two of you, two of you will. So I guess I do need to announce that as we're winding down here. Uh, if you want to be entered on any other social media platform except this one, let me know you want to be entered. So contact me through, you can do it through Facebook, on the on the Facebook page, through Twitter, wherever. You can message me directly. Let me know you want to be entered. Um, you just can't do it here on YouTube. So it's just, that's the way it is. All right. Uh, do you offer a Corona discount? <laughs> um, I have to go with whatever the the deals and offers are from Spreadshirt. So, um, so I'll have to see whenever their next deal is. And Betty Lang, if everyone visualizes our world can be free of COVID, we can get rid of it. There we go. That works for me. So, all right. Let's go ahead and wrap this all up. <laughs> 